You're listening to The Lost Art of Liner Notes, a podcast by Rumbleyard. Recently, we invited Jeremy Masiak from RCA Records and singer-songwriter LP into our studio to talk about making LP's new album, Lost On You. Hi, my name is Jeremy Masiak. I'm A&R for LP. I'm LP, and uh, I'm an artist uh, <laughs> with a few labels at this point, but um, yeah. uh, Vagrant and uh, BMG and uh, RCA, <laughs> yeah. and to name a few. And uh, Jeremy and I met when he signed me to Vagrant originally. And I remember we met over at Chateau. Yeah, yeah, with Mark, my manager. Yeah, yeah, and it was... Uh, great meeting at that point i'd already fallen in love with the demos and to mm-hmm. me it was a no-brainer yeah i was just hoping cool. when i met you you would be as nice and warm and kind as you turned out to be so <laughs> thanks i'd spent at that point at least i feel like a few weeks if not more with those tracks and and to me they were just great so you know it was about meeting you and i think if i'm remembering clearly because it was a few years ago now it was at least two and a half maybe maybe even a bit longer like yeah i think it's been actually almost exactly two years since you signed me and I had um, some of those songs and I felt like uh, I definitely felt like I was onto something as far as like a bunch of you know like a good chunk of material to get an album going and I was just like I was kind of excited to just kind of leave my last album you know again yeah <laughs> it's very difficult for me to explain my story without like kind of sort of harping on the, like where that came out of you know because it was like another like it was like some good things happened on Warner Brothers but then that last record you know that I worked too long on and right. too hard on like was not pushed and so in the exact moment that I knew it wasn't getting pushed I remember I wrote a you know I wrote Lost on You and right. <laughs> and stuff and you know yes it was about my relationship at the time but I was like it was also about my my business relationship you know where it was just like I was feeling it from both sides like this kind of like I don't I know something bad is happening but I don't know what and the through thread for my career and and my beliefs are that songs more songs that's the answer to everything you yeah. know like because yeah. That song will stay there until it does something anyway. You know what I mean? Like this, and writing another song can help you battle the blues of like what's not happening with your other songs. So right. like, I felt like, how about I just write, like write through it? Like I'll just like, because if I put out some material that is just so good after this, no matter where I put it out, that speaks volumes to me. You know what I mean? I'd rather someone, I'd rather die poor and alone and have someone in twenty years go, wait a second, this fucking shit was amazing <laughs> that poor bastard you know what i mean yeah, yeah like yeah. i just was like that's how i want to like that's how i want to go out <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean so i just was like i'm gonna go and just do it you know so i was like that was my i think that was my my goal in a way you know like I, that's my survival mechanism like kicked in and i was like i'm just gonna do some fucking badass shit if i can you know and try to like and and, and rescue myself you know spiritually yeah and after we got to talk and obviously kind of learn about the last experience and then kind of bring bring in a lot of things that I just felt were true even before we met, you know, and then getting to hear the body of those tracks, like Lost on You, there was Strange in there, there was um, there's Muddy, Muddy in there, mm-hmm. much yeah. different version, I think, of Muddy. Yeah. You know, Muddy Waters was hard for me to uh, let go of that demo because it was so sparse and so, but, you know, Mike and I spoke about it and he said, 
his reasoning was that he just wanted to go a little bigger because it was going to get lost in the noise out there if right. we didn't go a little noisier. So, like, you know, we talked about it, and then I was like, I really feel like it needs, like, some gospel you know, like, things in it. And, you know, and he was like, I love that idea. And we were, like, just, like, ran with that and got my two friends, um, Charles Jones and Maya Sykes, to, like, do the gospel parts. It was, it right. was great. I will ask you for mercy. I will come to you. I called Mike immediately and was like, how did you do this? Because when I first met Mike, and to explain to everybody, Mike is, I mean... Mike Del Rio. Uh, Mike Del Rio, producer, executive producer of LP's album, is, um, well, first off, one of the most handsome people out, <laughs> out there. Um, and, and, uh, and, you know, very young. When we first sat down and talked, and uh, once I got past how handsome he was, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe... You know the words coming out of his mouth because he's young, but this musical like vernacular knowledge—it's yeah. easily you know a hundred years past his age as far as yeah. like how thoughtful and like the references and the detail like. Yeah, and he comes up with these like, you know, "Lost on You" sounded like "Lost on You" the day we wrote it. You know what right. I mean? Like he like that bass line got like written and that tone right. like was like because we just sat down, you know, and. I had these it's three chords and, and the right? title, yeah. Know, yeah. And so I yeah. played that for him, and then he just, like, ran with it and, and started, like, I remember watching him make that up, like, on the fly right there, and it was exciting. That and, tone uh, is still the tone, yeah, and it's such totally. a memorable... Like part of the song, I think. I think you know, there's very few songs that have that almost immediacy. Yeah. He just Certainly. is very good at like um, soundscapes. I feel like right, right away, like that's like, and that's what I love about like my favorite people to write with are the guys that like or girls that I sit down with and I'm just like, we're both flowing at the same time, like lyrically and melodically, and the bed is getting built with the song. Because that that's inspiring, and I start I feel myself starting to like just unleash like this visceral kind of creativity that goes right. down, and and he like never lets me down. It's like sometimes you know like if I'm in a session and I'm just like trying to get that going, and I'm just like yeah, I, I mean you know for lack of a better analogy, it's like, I guess it's like making love, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, because it's like right. you just it's not working or it's working, you know. Let's talk about Nate too, because he's obviously a part of Lost yeah, on You, exactly. Um, and, and Nate Campany, yeah, Nate Campany. <laughs> Another handsome guy. Another handsome and guy with a most, with a beard. The, he's got a great beard, <laughs> the epic and, beard. <laughs> and and from my experience with Nate, one of the, from what I can say, most empathetic people. And yeah, I, I think I can. Well, that's the thing. He's very good at like he's when he smiles at me like about something I did. I just like it makes me just want to do 
way more of that. Right. <laughs> you right. know, like he has a way of bringing it out. And he always says, like, he'll always say he just, like, stays out of my way. But he he does way more than that. You know, it was like writing Switchblade with him was a very, not my favorite experience, but it was a very memorable. I was down literally about a five-minute drive from my house where I'd lived with my girlfriend for, like, we were together for, like, five years at that point. But we had been living together for, like, three years, and she was moving. I spent the day at his house and actually ate dinner with him after the session because my girlfriend was moving her stuff out of our house. Cause that we were, day. Yeah, because we had broken up. And it was such a weird time. You know, so it was, like, literally writing this song in real time, like, about a breakup. And I don't even know how I was able to do it. I was, like, I kind of lost it a few times during the session. But it was, right. like, really. Right. But Nate, you know, it was just so, like, I couldn't think of a more like when you you know talk about empathetic and kinder person to like kind of shepherd me during that day, you know, and it was a really interesting few moments. And Mozella, you know, who was like arguably, you know, one of the great top liners and she was just like there too and All of the hurt you've been hiding away Cuts me at once like a switchblade Take every step you can take and I'll give it to you, give it to you. me someday I fell in love with a switchblade and I know that you did the same so I'll give it to Yeah, it was an experience. Like, like I can remember a lot of, I can remember the actual writing of a lot of these songs. You know, like Muddy Waters, the song was actually written completely with me and Josh Record, who was in England. And uh, I remember we were at this janky little studio that shall be nameless in London, and like they had nothing. It was like they were literally that sound is like chains that were on the floor that were there. Wow. <laughs> <That> were there. <laughs> <laughs> we just was like. That's what I love about songwriting in general, you know. It's just like it ties so deeply into like the fabric of my life and the experience. Like I can remember each aspect. I can remember when I like put a title in my phone. I remember when I when Lost on You came like and I was in a, sitting in a, the back seat of the van on tour and I remember writing it in my phone and like putting a couple of chords in my phone and being like the title's got something, right, <laughs> you know, right. and Muddy Waters, too, because I was like, I like the whole aspect of it being like, you know, some guy's name, <laughs> some guy, some, some guy. blues legend's some name, and, and, uh, and, you know, and then not talking about him at all in the song and just kind of like conjuring up. Right. But it was like a very painful time and a very productive time, obviously, and I can tap into that feeling, though, very often, which is nice, because it's almost like... You know, sorry, kids, but it's almost like drugs. You know, like I, I love the kinds of drugs that you can do that you can take the experience into your regular life and like use it. You know, like right. <laughs> which brings me to when we're high, which is not about drugs. <laughs> it's not about drugs, but which features both Mike Del Rio and Nate Campany. Right? Uh, yeah, that like that's a memorable one because I feel like uh, 
You never know what's going to happen when you decide, hey, you know what sounds like a great idea? You guys should fly to Paris while I'm on tour, and we should rent a studio in Paris, and we should write a song there. And, like, I think when I went there that day, I was, like, 90% sure, like, that nothing was going to come of it or right. or, or was. <laughs> you yeah. know, because I was like, is anything going to come of this? You know, like, being a songwriter, I know that so many sessions yield a song, but not any real fruit as far as, like, what's to come. And so, you know, this felt like an expensive... Um, Experiment. Experiment. (laughs) Or or it's, uh, you know, money in the bank in in a way. No, I remember. Yeah, yeah, and then When We're High came out of that. Yeah, yeah, no, and it was a great trip. I was was out there with you guys, obviously, and it was, you know, the start of what was the beginning of all the success in Europe around Lost Mm. on You. That's obviously continued and kind of led into the album release and is still going as we're talking um, and is starting to shift focus to When We're High. And... um, you know, it was a really great vibe, I felt yeah. like. And, and the label there had gotten Twin Studios, which... Uh, yeah, oh, which, that place was so cool. Which is where you guys started yeah. to write When We're High, and it was... It's just, like an old bunker, right? Yeah, World War II bunker, <laughs> yeah. you know, in this really now posh section of Paris. Yeah, it was a cool area and a, and a cool place. I mean, this place was just like... That's just such, like, character, I thought, you know? Yeah, yeah, a ton of character. It was hard to find, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, which is the... Good sign of a bunker. <laughs> uh, yeah. A good characteristic of a, a good bunker. I guess not a good, good studio. You don't want to be able to find a good bunker any, you know, very yeah, easily. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was a little bit of a mission. It's kind of like in a, in a field or park, yeah. like right off the, the, the like side road. But, uh, but and when, yeah. And when we're high, like even like when it came together, it seemed like so like it was weird how all the parts came together. I remember writing all the parts and I wasn't sure about the gypsy-ish kind of like um, rhythm thing like I was like you never know this kind of thing right. you know I think the whole experience writing that song felt like um, I don't know I'm not sure <laughs> you know until it was like oh yeah now I'm sure now when I play it live, I'm like, it's a very satisfying song to play. And I feel like um, it has some elements. It's not like Lost in You at all, but in a way, like, I feel like it's definitely an interesting showcase for, like, a bunch of the voices that I use. So that's, right. it's fun to sing for me. You know? Right. You know, I can testify, and as can you, you know, I think one of the songs that even this early, because it's not one that people have gotten to hear for very long since the album's just come yeah. out that is starting to get a great reaction and a great reaction live. Um, yeah, it's very immediate live. Yeah. Like like people, I could see people moving during it, which is like a yeah. fun... Their um, body knows what to do. Yeah. Which is sometimes not yeah. the case. And I remember walking into the studio after you guys had been working for quite a few hours to sort of hear where, where you arrived at. And I think it was the more or less the backbone. It was really the guitar yeah. part. It was the rhythm. And it was... I think I stepped into you guys just figuring out the chorus. You know, yeah, and, yeah. And, Maybe not even all the lyrics together yet, but, but, well, definitely not all the lyrics together yet, but even just the chorus lyrics were still sort of in flux, but it was catchy and mm. probably stayed in my head for the next two weeks. So <laughs> that's never a bad sign. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't shake that one. I could never, I don't think any of us have predicted this sort of wild no. success, you know, and, and the 
origin of the success of Lost on You. But, yeah. But nonetheless, I think it's funny because none of us like that was the not the one that we ever, especially in the states. I think you know we weren't like that wasn't a song that we were like that's that's the single. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I literally thought there was going to be a little blip of a Death Valley on like you know triple a stations you know like i was like i mean (laughs) i mean that's both one of our favorites you know i love i love much like you i'm sure it's like they're each your kid in some ways like and so i could tell because i still love playing all of them you know what i mean like like when i play death valley live i'm just like yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's really fun for me for some reason i just like you play it it's like that's the kick over the mic stand song and and i think that's an important element of this of the show live and and the album experience it's like it demonstrates that versatility and that you know you get all of well, the that's the thing that i like is like you understand that concept a lot like the versatility thing like i want that and need that like i want i want the songs to be like different rooms in your house you know like you're not like yeah, yeah. you don't always stay in the living room it's like i yeah. want to go to the bedroom or i want to go to the you know wherever it is that's a great analogy um, i just feel like i want to see I want to be immersed in a in a slightly different spot and like and away from the others you know yeah um and I enjoy that from a writing perspective and a singing perspective. And I think on repeated listens, that should be and would be appreciated. Yeah, and that's something unpredictable, but in hindsight, it makes a lot of sense. It's like the songs do cut through. They're left when everything else is right. And that's like an incredibly exciting aspect of of the music. And I think also the sort of path we've stayed on with putting a focus on these different rooms in the house, you know, even coming back to when we're high, like has a real relationship to Lost yeah. on You but sounds nothing like it and, and works great in the live set. And, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I feel like songs, for me, when I'm putting a record together, songs make other songs make sense. Death Valley, which kind of sticks out as like what you want to bring to the table on a first date. Kind of like, okay, I want to show this side of me so that like this person knows like I'm not all this stuff. I, I think know. that's something we agreed on. And like, what I want to talk a little bit about is the amount I've learned, you know, in the experience of working with you and the and the success we've had, the type of success we've had. Yeah. In that, it's really exemplified the fact that it's very hard, if not impossible, to predict what what people are gonna love. And if you're trying to do that, you've probably already lost in a little bit of the way because what can be said about Lost on You and the rest of the songs on this album is that they weren't necessarily written with that intention. They were written with the intention of being authentic and having a real important lyrical sentiment. Well, I feel very free. Like, that's been the biggest joy of my career and, like, the fact that it was, like, you know, quite a journey. And I think some of the hardest part of me as an artist, which served me well in songwriting, is that I'm kind of like a lot of different styles in a, in a way. And that is something that is sort of frowned upon when you're an artist because everyone's trying to get like it to be a brand or like ultimately if right. they're going to like and, – and I get that because I can see the challenges of – being a business person in this industry. I get it. I still, I don't fucking care. I could never be an A&R person because I, I don't think I could sleep at night because it's impossible not to discern and be like, nope, yes, nope, you know, but as, as an artist, I needed to go, I needed to say yes, 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 like, and, and not, I you know, I stopped caring about like, um, 
oh, that song, I don't know if that song sounds... Like, I don't care. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, to yeah. me, now, I feel like it's such a beautiful, rewarding feeling to now go like, well, you know what? When we're high, it's got this, like, kind of, like, a little bit of a gypsy thing. Fuck it. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> it feels good. And, and you know, and it's nice to be, like, you know, have, like, eclectic sounds yeah. and, and, and songs, you know? And that irreverence pours out in that song, and I think that's in itself an emotion yeah. and, and something that... You know, the people listening, I think, are even at a subconscious level soaking in and relating yeah. to and enjoying because it's yeah, it's like in it's, there. That the, it's that kind of like really moment, yeah. like yeah. <laughs> this Did that song? just get said. Okay, well, <laughs> okay, shit, that doesn't <laughs> follow the rules. Like, I didn't expect yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's well, nice. That's a nice. All right, uh, then, then cool. You know, yeah, like I, gonna, I would want an artist to surprise me. You know, within the realm of like you know, like not trying too hard. Obviously, like yeah, you know what I mean. Like I don't. I, you know, I think you could tell like the difference. You know, but it's a. Uh, it's nice to uh, to not hold things back. It's like it was. <laughs> this is called the analogy sessions. It's like you know, I, and and I don't you know I don't I don't go in that world. But you know, if your husband wants to wear a dress when he's home, sometimes <laughs> you know, like, let him do it. Like let him do you, it. Like you know, let him do it. Like, let him it's do like it. if he keeps that shit inside, you know, it's like that's gonna or that's gonna it fester. Outside. It's <laughs> fine. It it's fine. Let him do it. <laughs> let him do it if he really wants to. And again, yeah. I think that comes back to to you know music and the way it's supported and and. Uh, when again, when we first sat down, the vision I had was things taking a bit more time, yeah. but it was always to really allow this music to come out and seep into the population so that people could come to see you live. It was always that plan of let's have extremely high ambition, but very reasonable expectations in, in A, yeah. what we can do and what we know is achievable. I think one of the biggest things that you have to be in general in this business is just flexible, you know, and uh, resilient. And when you come through it and, like, those things do start to work and you do have the band you wanted and you do have, like, you know, like the artistic control that you wanted, you can truly appreciate it, you know, and yeah. be like – and that's what's happening, like, now. It's like I feel – it's like my absorption level is so high. Like, I'm really enjoying it and, and just enjoying seeing it. You know, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't – you know, I'm not like and – and again, I'm not going to do the hold on for dear life, <laughs> you know, like whatever, man, you know. It's like – you got to live and, and just uh, and just do your thing. But it's really, it's, I feel like I got, I've got this, like, you know, drive, like, front row seat <laughs> to, like, it's like something that's, like, you know, yeah, pretty really, interesting really and profound. Really special and, and yeah, rare And it's something show. I've never, I you know, I don't think I've heard of or seen it happen to anybody I've even worked with. So yeah. the fact that it's happening in my own career, I'm just like, huh, wow. But it's like, uh, it was such a learning experience and i'm still learning all the time you know yeah i think we both are thank and you <laughs> on that <laughs> note i think yeah the experience the takeaway the core of kind of again i think what we've both learned is that just to maintain that honesty and to know you can keep your head on what you can do that's in your control and and as you said you know it's more songs and more honest songs and not you know being distracted by what expectations you had in managing those from the beginning because if the music's good, if you can continue to have that steady stream and remain prolific, then the attention's going to come. And to sum it up, thank you so much for everything you've done and I think like I am really enjoying our uh, working, you know, like I think the, the right relationship and the right person can be that extra band member, you know, or that extra team member that just like I understand that this is a team business. You cannot do this alone. But thank well, you for like you I think you understand that and you're very like you're you're like there when I need you and you're like, you know, 
leave me alone when you need to, and it's really, it's good. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm grateful to you, and and uh, well, thank this, you, you know, thank you for letting me on the team, OP, and thank yeah. you for, <laughs> yeah, letting me be in the band, so to speak. Yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> you're in the band, man. Get in the band, <laughs> or not the bus. You can get in the bus. <laughs> anyway, thanks, guys, All and right. thank you. Thank you. Huge thanks to Jeremy Masiak and LP for being our guests. You can visit imlp.com to find out more about LP's new album, Lost on You, available now. This episode was produced by Lee Stimmel, Mark Grandy, Donna Shapiro, and me, Matthew Billy. Special thanks to Simon Marcus of Pippa and RCA Records. The Lost Art of Liner Notes is a Rumble Yard production. Rumble Yard is a division of Sony Music Entertainment. For more information, please visit rumbleyard.com. Thanks for listening.